Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of the Maze Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Macente, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. Our episode today is very special, as it is entirely focused on HR. Our stop is London, and our special guest is Davide Mele. With decades-long experience previously as international chairman of another recruitment firm, Davide founded the Selectus Recruitment Solutions, a bespoke recruitment consultancy committed to placing high-quality candidates in executive support functions, and it is aimed to provide specialist search and selection services for admin and office professionals, and overall, right-hand people in senior leadership teams. Davide believes that there is a difference between competence and talent. It takes talent to spot talent, and that is his precisely raison d'etre. With offices in London, Paris, and Tel Aviv, Selectus is a globally leading international recruitment agency with a sophisticated local market presence across Europe and EMEA. Davide is a strong believer in promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion, and he works tirelessly to advance an inclusive workplace culture for candidates and clients where everyone feels supported to bring their whole authentic selves to work every day, confident that they can thrive with equal opportunities for career advancement. DEI is what makes organizations strong, and Davide wants to build a workforce that brings together people with unique skills, backgrounds, and professional experiences. I was able to record this episode live when I was in London, and it was very exciting. Please enjoy our conversation. Hi, Davide. Hello. Hello. Buongiorno, Marco. Very nice to see you today. Welcome to the Maze Podcast. I'm so excited to be here uh, live, actually, from London, uh, from Baker Street Station, from your house, uh, making this episode together. Thank you for uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted. I'm so excited as well, Davide. So, Davide, I have already shared with the audience a little bit about your experience mm-hmm. and of your background, and uh, I already shared that this episode is entirely focused on HR and recruiting strategies. So, I would like to ask you my first question, um, that uh, is, of course, uh, related to the one of the big changes that we've seen so far, the pandemic, which has transformed the global workplace. And I imagine also that HR has been impacted by the pandemic. So my my first question for you is, how has the pandemic changed the way of recruiting and which are the new trends that you see? Well, it's a a very interesting question uh, because the pandemic um, sadly has uh, brought in a lot of changes. Um, we have to acknowledge that the, the pandemic, sadly, has um, made us um, a lot more kind to each other and a lot more authentic. We are more accepting of each other's priorities, for example. And I think that um, in a recruitment uh, perspective, employers understand, for example, that our jobs may not be the number one priority in our lives. It's accepted. Um, it may be for some, uh, but some it, it is not. The second thing that has changed is the new working patterns. Um, It's also completely accepted. Uh, We know that remote work is um, um, considered, virtual assistance, etc. 
The big subject now is really how it's going to stand and to what extent. Um, we currently see employers wanting to have their staff back into the office, perhaps not full time. A lot of them offer one day working from home. But there is a difference in expectations from the candidates, for example, or the employees who really want to have as a bare minimum two days working from home. Mm-hmm. The big, big change, though, is about culture fit. That's something that we hear when we take a jobification from a, from a client. The first thing that a client will tell us that is essential to them is to ensure that the fit with the candidate is the best match. So it's all about values, and that's a big difference. Um, that's also something that is um, expecting expected from the uh, candidates. They also ask us to join a company that has strong values. Now, it is important that you pause and that you think about what are the values that are important to you that will make you fall in love with your next employer? Mm-hmm. Is it collaboration? Is it diversity? Is it career progression? Is it mental well-being? So it's really important that you pause and you ask yourself, what is it that is important to me? What are my values and it's important you think about it because employers future employers will ask you what your values are and interestingly enough in our um, interview questioning with our candidates we ask our candidates what are your values but very often um, there's a big pause and candidates are a bit taken back by by the question Mm. so um, think about your values that are part of your DNA and what molecules you will bring to the new companies, um, the new company that you will uh, you will join. This has created an environment where um, recruiters um, are real architects of um, company cultures. Um, we understand foundations and different layers of culture within organizations, and it has created a completely different outlook and environment for uh, recruiters. Yeah, thanks a lot for this contribution, Davide. Um, I really uh, agree with you, uh, seeing also from a candidate perspective, of course, and seeing also, you know, you are in my network and a lot, I have a lot of recruiters in my network and I see their posts. And a lot of, uh, many times I see that uh, values are actually one of the most important priority, not only from a company point of view, but also from a candidate's point of view. So candidates are looking for companies that uh, have in their culture uh, diversity and inclusion, um, right. uh, mental and health well-being. So, of course, uh, this is the new pattern that, uh, you know, in, in which uh, the pandemic has driven the change that we are seeing, right, in HR and in recruiting. So, thanks a, a lot for this contribution and for your insight on this matter. So, Davine, let's move on with my second question that I have for you. You have offices in Milan, UK, and Israel, so I'm curious to have some of your insights about the UK market when it comes to recruit admin professionals. Which are the trends and what are the things that your clients look mostly for when recruiting EAPA and office professionals? Right. Um, I think that um, our clients are looking for support staff that are able to combine high volume of work by maintaining quality standards. That's fairly um, new. 
um, and especially in deadline-driven environments, um, which are the environments and the organizations we recruit for within financial services. That's number one, combining volume and maintaining at the same time high quality standards. The second point is a very effective communication. Um, Working from home or working in a remote way has made that more of an effort to um, communicate clearly with our internal or external um, colleagues. Mm -hmm. So when I say exquisite verbal communication, I really mean it. You, you need to have a very efficient way of communicating, whether verbally or in a written manner. Um, so clients, companies do expect you to communicate very, very clearly. The big, big subject um, is um, diversity, um, especially within a very female-populated uh, profession. Um, our clients are wanting to bring more male EAs in in the work for, in their workforce. You know, it's factual. Um, the EA population is is mostly female, and our clients are really wanting to shift that and give more equality or a better ratio um, in their um, EA population. And that is really a strength at Selectus, in particular mine. Uh, I, I make a conscious effort to um, really produce um, or approach candidates who are male EA and produce shortlists that um, will reflect um, that diversity. Another thing is um, to be digitally fit. It's very important in our area. Um, because if you don't know your systems very well, then you will be less um, uh, efficient or productive. And your role as a as an EA is to really make you and the principal a lot more efficient um, and 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 productive. And finally, um, embracing change. Embracing change is very very important. Don't be frustrated by it. Um, it is part of your um, role of the nature of um, the role. In some cases, um, employers also do ask for you to be uh, more familiar with figures, in particular with um, office management roles, uh, where you will have management of a budget, of a budget, for example. Mm -hmm. So that is also um, perhaps a new trend that is required uh, for these uh, for these roles. So just to summarize, being an EA during the last couple of years. It has brought in a few challenges, um, but it has made the, the role um, a lot more varied with uh, responsibilities, more streams of communication. And um, in fact, EAs in particular, in particular had to make a real conscious effort in upskilling in order to remain um, relevant um, within their uh, organizations. Yeah. So thanks a lot for this contribution. And can we say that uh, all of these qualities, uh, all of these uh, capabilities that, uh, you know, you are um, seeing when recruiting candidates for office professionals roles uh, are um, uh, looked for uh, all the clients uh, that are based in UK, Israel and Italy. Can we say that uh, all these uh, capabilities and all these skills are standalone for office professional roles? Yes, I think that's something that we see across across um, the UK, France, Italy, um, Dubai, Tel Aviv. Um, these are the general trends um, that are um, asked by our clients. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, interesting. Thanks a lot for sharing that. So, Davide, now I would like to ask you another question uh, related to talents and retention. 
which are two big hot topics, especially because right now we see the great resignation and uh, um, uh, the quite quitting uh, phenomena happening all around the world across different industries. So uh, from your perspective, which are the strategies that now the companies look for when we think about talents and retention? Um, again, that's a very interesting question, Marco. Um, perhaps we could remind what quiet quitting is. Of course. Um, quiet quitting really refers to doing the absolute minimum requirement for your job. And it gets to a point where you don't make any more effort, don't give any more time or even enthusiasm um, than absolutely necessary. And the worker doesn't actually leave their position and just continues to work just to collect a salary. How boring is that? Some of them, however, have decided to resign, um, in particular in the early part of 2021. Those people, however, we see many of them coming back to work um, these days, and we see them coming back to work. But quiet quitting is is a concerning um, um, thing. um, the, I remember reading recently that the Society of um, Human Resources Management said that 51% of HR prof- professionals are concerned about quiet quitting. And of those who are seeing quiet quitting in their companies, 72% say millennials in particular exhibit that behavior. Mm. So it is concerning. HR is concerned about that um, because, above all, it creates unproductive situations. And as a result, companies do have to put in place strategies and work harder in order to avoid um, quiet quitting and large resignations. So my advice is, number one, or what I see from my clients, the efforts that are put into that area is that number one, allow your workers to have autonomy and really be truly empowered. Um, It's really important to give your employees the freedom to make their own decisions and avoid micromanagement. They, you know, employees want to know that they are trusted and that their judgment is respected. They want to be able to achieve objectives based on their desires, their values. We talked about values earlier on and also their their talent. They want a sense of empowerment. So mean, mean it that you empower your employees and they want to be felt that um, what they're doing has got a sense of purpose. So number two, really create a sense of purpose. I believe that one of the key reasons for um, quiet quitting is that people don't have a sense of purpose. You know, they don't know where they're going. They don't know why they get that paycheck at the end of the month. Um, And that is why they end up not enjoying their, their role. So they need to feel that they are making a difference beyond picking up that paycheck. And it's up to the leadership team to really establish the company mission and really instill that sense of purpose. Number three is really foster um, employee engagement. We hear a lot of um, employees who quit because um, their environment is toxic. So it's really important that companies look at it and really address it um, and really listen to their 
employees and the feedback that is given to them. So number four is really listen, learn and implement. Make a point of seeking ways for team members to give their input. Don't do all the talking in the meetings. Listen. I always say listen actively to what is told to you, to what they say to you, and put a plan of action that shows that you have listened to them. And when you can't put a plan of action, just give them feedback and say that not everything can be implemented. Yeah. So thanks a lot for these insights, uh, David. Uh, I strongly agree with all these points that you raised. Uh, and uh, especially because, of course, uh, from an employee point of view, I really agree that uh, I want to be challenged uh, by my company. I want to, you know, to be engaged. I want to be and to feel uh, part of a team, uh, you know, pursuing the same objectives and pursuing the same uh, goals. So empowerment, engagement are definitely, you know, the two most important words, I would say, when speaking about talents and retention. And uh, when speaking about, you know, um, all these, those kind of phenomena that we are seeing across uh, uh, the world and across different industries. Um, what I think it is very important is uh, the last point that you mentioned. So listen, learn and implement, uh, because uh, we need to have a mutual partnership, right, between employees and between companies. Uh, as an employee, I feel that I'm partnering with my company, you know, and I wanted to give my contribution as an individual contributor in order to bring an added value to the table. So definitely those kind of points are really valuable, useful. So thanks a lot for sharing those kind of insights. And I'm sure that in the audience, there will be people that will treasure these insights as I will. So thanks a lot, Davide. So Davide, we mentioned that you have also an office in Tel Aviv, in Israel. That's and right. I'm curious now to get your insights about Israel. Uh, you travel and go to Israel many times during the year. So you are an expert now on the local market and local trends uh, when we think about HR and recruiting. Which are the main differences uh, uh, with Europe when recruiting talents from your perspective? Um, well, first of all, um, we have a, a, an excellent local consultant called Carmel in our Israeli office in Tel Aviv, and she, she really is amazing. Um, and has been recruiting EAs for many years. But um, Israel is, yes, I do go there um, monthly. Um, it's a very dynamic country, and that's why I love it very, very much. It has a large population within tech um, and um, a very entrepreneurial um, crowd. Um, at any age, people are wanting to create businesses uh, very earlier on. Um, in, in their career, you, you see entrepreneurs at the age of 16, 17, it's, it's quite extraordinary. But you're right, cultural understanding is, is a big thing in, in, that, um, in that sphere. Um, and that is our forte at Selectors, it's our raison d'etre, is really understanding culture in the widest meaning of the word, whether it's human culture or corporate culture. And when it comes to Israel, you need to understand how to work with, with local. Sadly, recruitment um, in Israel is still considered as a, as a cost. And um, I say it's sad because companies um, are reluctant to use and pay an agency fee for recruiting an, an EA, for example, or support functions. 
Um, but thankfully, we work um, with uh, some serious players in the financial services um, sphere and the management consulting consulting uh, uh, environment, who view more recruitment as a good investment and trust us to be the architects of their company workforce and, and mm-hmm. culture. Israel also has a very strong sense of community and you will often land a job on the basis that a friend or a friend of a friend or a family member will have, you know, recommended you for a job, for the job. So sometimes it ends up being a botched job, um, which leads to people not staying in their roles for very, very long. So um, it, it is often a waste of time. And we, we see a lot of companies coming back to us and admitting that they have made a mistake. And second time around, they will use our um, services. So there is a lot to be done in Israel to give the um, EA profession its credit as well. Um, support functions are still not recognized to be, you know, pillar roles and essential roles in the corporate world. So we are working very closely with uh, our clients, with organizations to help them see and understand and acknowledge the importance of recruiting good candidates at each level for better performance and, re- and better retention. Yeah, so thanks a lot. Um, I was very curious and I'm still curious because you, you know you uh, touched a lot of uh, interesting topics uh, around Israel. I hope to go there in person and uh, we had a conversation about that because of course uh, I love traveling uh, as you and uh, Israel is one of uh, the countries that I have on my list uh, from a tourist point of view, of course. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was very curious because Israel is one of the countries which you can, you know, um, uh, breathe uh, in air that is uh, um, also a European one in Tel Aviv, right? So Tel right. Aviv is a European city, let's say. Absolutely. So the landscape and the environment that you have is very mixed. So uh, I was... Very westernized. Yeah. Yes. So I was very interested in understanding uh, um, how HR and how recruiting, you know, is managed in a country and in a city, especially that uh, it has a very mixed landscape and a very mixed environment. So thanks a lot for sharing. Those so David, let's move on to the final question of this interview. Uh, so thanks a lot again for being here. Um, I really think that we are human beings and not human doings, right? Absolutely. And uh, I really love your human touch when, uh, you Thank know, you. doing your profession and uh, when uh, speaking to clients and when recruiting. Um, and uh, so I would like to focus right now in the final part of, of this interview on you and uh, uh, on how, you know, you manage your approach and how you uh, approach clients and people uh, being an HR professional. So my first question for you is, uh, what's one thing you know now that you wish you knew earlier in your career as a recruiter? Ha <laughs> um... I think the most important thing is really knowing what is precious in your life and protect that, protect it. It might be a dinner with your other half. It might be for some breakfast with your kids in the morning. It might be a tennis lesson. It might be playing tennis with a friend. Cherish those moments and protect them. And be sure and make time for what really fulfills you. If you protect and nurture what is precious to you, you will have the strengths to really achieve your goals. Wow. Thanks a lot. Uh, I would say that this is a, an, a huge quote and a huge <laughs> lesson learned eh, that uh, everyone should apply. Davide, my second question for you is, uh, 
What's the biggest challenge that you have faced related to being a leader in the recruitment industry for support staff, which is a very female-led group? I, I think it comes back to what we were saying earlier on. It really is the need for diversity, equity, and inclusion in the recruitment world. Hiring a diverse workforce in terms of um, gender, race, sexual orientation, and many other ways has uh, as, as a very positive impact on a company's balance sheet and um, retention, uh, retention rate. We firmly believe that recruitment consultancies are uniquely placed to make a unique difference to our society, our economy, and the world we all want our children to thrive in. Um, and diversity, equality, and, and inclusiveness is um, an ongoing challenge for me. Uh, in this business and for selectors in general. Um, but I, I really believe that it is a battle worth fighting for. And I find it quite motivating when people underestimate the importance of um, diversity and equality in the workplace. And I see this as an opportunity to lead on this topic in the recruitment space. Yeah, I agree. Thanks a lot for sharing that. And my third question for you is, uh, what do you consider to be your greatest professional accomplishment so far? And what's one skill that helped you achieve it? Huh. Well, I am extremely fortunate to be surrounded by amazingly talented recruitment professional um, who are exceptional trusted advisors to me, to select us as a company, to our candidates and, and our clients. The work they do really makes a difference. Our greatest accomplishment is really the difference we make by taking the aspirations of um, clients or candidates, individuals and companies across the globe and make their dream possible. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Candidates receive wonderful career opportunities. Companies are able to grow, develop, and we help achieve the full potential of our communities as a result of that. And this is not because of my skills, but rather because I am part of a team that is really deeply skilled and passionate about recruiting. Yeah, of course. So let's say that uh, you as an HR professional, are uh, you are able to enable others, right, to shine, uh, giving the right opportunity and give them right the right um, uh, choices, the right opportunities and the right chances, right, in order to find uh, a role that can uh, um, suit their profile. So Absolutely. definitely this, uh, this is something amazing. So thanks a lot, Davide, for sharing that. Now, Davide, before wrapping up today with this uh, amazing interview that we made, uh, I would like uh, you to ask another question. Um, that is my last one, that is focusing about the future. Uh, we have started uh, this year, 2023, and I'm curious to ask you, how do you see the future of HR and recruiting focusing on Italy and UK? Um, well, my, my answer will be uh, general um, and, and help you understand what um, is going to happen um, in the next few years um, in the world of, uh, of recruiting. Um, the very first thing is that we have Gen Z, which is entering the workforce. Um, the Gen Zers, if we can call them like that, are um, set to enter the workforce and they are a very, very sharp um, population. And um, they are, apart from being um, sharp, they're very uh, fast. 
they're very speedy, um, which means that for us as recruiter, we need to adjust our uh, pace of work with, uh, with theirs. Number two, um, I think remote work is here to stay. Um, and I think we need to, um, as employers in general, um, give our teams flexibility to work remotely. Um, as I said earlier, um, there, is subject, there is subject that needs to be addressed um, to what extent. Um, as I said, companies are trying to bring back people into their office. Um, however, um, we have a different expectation from candidate that we interview. The minimum expectation is two days working from home. Um, and I think that will be uh, one of the topics that will need to be addressed um, in, in the um, coming um, month or, or, or years. Um, the next point we've touched on um, quite a lot today is um, diversity and inclusion. I think companies and leaders, business leaders, uh, have now accepted that a culturally diverse workforce is um, good for innovation, for creativity and higher profitability. And um, more and more companies are um, investing in diversity and, and inclusion efforts. Um, so as a result, recruitment agencies will have to focus on deploying innovative candidate evaluation tools designed to eliminate bias in recruiting and, and hiring. Branding is a very important um, aspect as well. Your employee branding is extremely important and it will only become more so. Um, it's vital that um, companies position themselves as companies that care about um, employees' well-being and development. And even if you're a small team, a small team, it's it's time to make it um, a priority. So to wrap it up, um, the recruiters have been transformed completely into recruiting business partners. It's very flattering for us to be in this uh, um, industry because until now, you know, we were considered to be order takers, um, but not anymore. I think in the coming time, recruiting will increasingly be recognized as a strategic role. Recruiters will be expected to bring a perspective, push back and lead the way forward to really be the architects of company cultures. And that means aligning with the client's business goals and advising clients on the best way to achieve them. Yeah. So thanks a lot for all these insights, Davide. I really appreciate that. And um, it has been amazing uh, to meet together to make this podcast happen, really. Uh, focusing on HR and on recruiting, it has been a very interesting topic. And I'm sure that the audience will treasure this episode, as I will. So thanks a lot for all your insights. Thank you, Marco, for inviting me. It's been a pleasure to, uh, to have you here in London. And uh, I hope we'll be able to show you uh, Tel Aviv soon as well. Yeah, of course, of course. Thanks a lot for the, this invitation as well. And uh, stay in touch and wishing you a nice day ahead. Thank you. Bye-bye.